Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can beat for a championship. I, I don't even think that's a, a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Thursday, March 24th, and another episode of The Issue. It has been three weeks since I've been in the studio. It feels amazing to be back. Yeah, Tim. so nice to be back. How was, how was spring break? Was it good? It, it, was, it, was, it was great. Yeah, it was, uh, it was much it, needed. I'll bet it was. I'll bet, I'll bet, I'll bet it was. Um, yeah. It did feel good to get out in like some warmer weather. We had like 70s. You know, UV index of about eight, nine. It's fine. It was only like sleeting here a day or two, and I guess it was warm like a couple days. Um, certainly not. Where were we at? Fort Lauderdale? Uh, no, we were in Pensacola Beach. Pensacola Beach. Drove there. If you were thinking about, I spent 2,687 miles, I did the math, in the car uh, over spring break. 31 hours worth of drive time what's in a gas, week. What's the gas like that right now? You don't, you don't find a station, first of all, under $4.20 the whole way down. The whole see, way down. So see, from, now, in, in West Virginia, it used to be you could get gas for like, is it, it's, it's, it's probably under 4 in West Virginia. That's the only state I can think of. It's always been pretty cheap in, in West Virginia. Is that, yeah. is that the case anymore? Or um, is it still? I mean, I filled up in West Virginia on the way back um, near the, the big Cabela's store right. uh, at that uh. sheets for like, I think, three ninety five. So, I mean, still it's still not, not great. Still not, still not great. Well, well, what is great is that this has been probably the best March in a long time. Like, like first of all, March Madness was fantastic for the first weekend. Right? The first and second rounds were amazing. Um, football, you can't go a day without a breaking story. you got Matt Ryan to the Colts. Um, I, I don't really care about Marcus Mariota, but in the same day, him to the Falcons, right? Quarterbacks moving. you got now Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, Devonta Adams to the Raiders. It's nonstop. It's yeah. nonstop. Um, free agency has been insane. I know. I was trying to keep up with it while I was down there, uh, even with a little bit of a lack of Wi-Fi. And I'm just like, you know, every right, time your, I your refreshed, connection was not great. No, every time I refreshed Instagram, though, it would there was just new stuff, new stuff. Somebody traded, somebody signed, released, whatever it was. Uh, also, if we can just touch on it real quick, Kentucky basketball. Hmm. Ouch! That I know, hurt. I, first I know you're balance. a big Kentucky guy. I understand I you're a big Kentucky guy. That hurt because I had so I could imagine hung up that the phone with you, and then like, it, what was it? The next day they lost, and I was like, "Wow, that's... right, right." And I had Tennessee to the chip too, and they lost in the in the second round anyway. So there goes the bracket. I think I had them losing in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't remember. 
I know I don't have them in my Final Four. I got Auburn, which that hurts. Um, Arizona, UCLA, my dark horse pick, and uh, I believe Gonzaga. Or no, I'm sorry, Duke. And then you got Duke. Um, I don't know. My bracket, three out of four on the Final Four. Uh, I think my Sweet 16, I got 12 or 13. So, I mean, it could be worse. How, how's yours looking, man? Eh? Uh, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> I had Baylor a lot further than I should have. I had Kentucky a lot further than I should have. Um, you know, but I still – I predicted Gonzaga. So, you know, at least they're keeping my hopes of the picking the winner right. Right. Um, and it, so, I don't know. You had Gonzaga we'll, winning it? Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out, but – well, okay, so great episode today, though. I'm, I'm going to get to the Tyreek Hill thing to start the show, and then we'll get some hits and misses. Um, then we'll do we'll do a little talk. We've got Matt Ryan um, to the Coles, give you thoughts about that. Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, what it actually means, what we both think of it. Um, and then the second segment, we're almost going to do like one sport per segment here. Then we're going to get to some baseball in the second segment, and then we're going to finish it off with the Penguins. They're getting close to the playoffs, right? they got what? 15 games, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. They're getting close. They, Trade they deadline just happened. They picked up uh, Raquel, or I'm sorry, Ricard Raquel. Yeah. Um, really good, more of an offensive piece, right? Their defense. Um, they, they could use some work with the Gwyn, but we'll get to that later. We'll have Tyler Bursick on to talk about that. He's our NHL guy. And then we'll do up down sideways. Who doesn't love good up down sideways? So much news breaking. You got to have it. It'll be good to talk to Tyler Bursick, too. Uh, we brought him on last year uh, around this time, so it'll be nice to touch base with him again and uh, see what's going on with the Pens. No, absolutely. Okay, so I, I, I want to start with a cautionary tale about this whole Tyreek Hill type thing, right? So Tyreek Hill's been traded to the Dolphins for a first, a second this year, um, two-fourths, and I believe it's two-sixths. So I, I like to start off by saying this, that out of the three parties, right, you got Kansas City, Tyreek Hill himself, and then the Dolphins. I think there's always three parties with trade people. You normally talk about two. I think there's three. Um, so I, I would argue that two out of the three, maybe even all three, are losers in this trade. Like, it didn't make sense to me. My roommate told me didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't understand the benefit really for anybody. So we'll start with we'll start with Kansas City. They lose a major weapon. I think Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill's probably a top five. I'd maybe argue top more towards top ten, um, but you could certainly argue top five, especially over the last couple of years um, in the league. So the the draft is good, but there, there's no Tyreek Hill on the market. You you can't just be like, oh, good wide receiver draft this year. It's fine. We can lose Tyreek Hill. That's just that's just not the case. There's not any of him on the market. He doesn't grow on trees. Secondly. The Dolphins, they are now going to pay Tyreek Hill $30 million a year. He signed a four-year, $120 million contract extension when he, you know, got to the Dolphins. That, that's, that's absurd. That's absurd. I mean, look, I like Tyreek Tyree Hill, but at the end of the day, he's, he's small. He's really dependent on his speed, which degrades quickly, right? You don't stay super fast for a long time, right? Like Tyreek Hill at 35 isn't still going to be running this fast. It, it, it's a skill that degrades quickly. It can be taken away quickly in a contact sport. So I don't love speed-dependent receivers. Right, Jerry Rice played forever. He was never the fastest. He had good hands, but never the best hands. He understood how to get open, how to work routes. Cooper Cup is really good at this, right? Really good at the top of his route, making quick cuts, breaking in, breaking out, right? Tyreek Hill's like, nope, I'm just going to run by you. Right, one ACL, that's just not going to be the case anymore. 
So now you're going to pay him $30 million a year. And third, Tyreek Hill. I think he's a loser in this as well. I, I would like to ask him, if I could sit down with him right now, I'd say, I wonder if he knows that Tua cannot do what Patrick Mahomes can do. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but he can't. He can't. Patrick Mahomes is 6'3", 230, ran a 4'8", rocket arm, can make plays off script, can throw sidearm, no look, moving to his left, throw all the way back right, moving to his right, throw all the way back left. Two is six foot, two ten. Ran a four nine. I think that was twenty twenty. Um, was the number a four nine? Average arm, decent on the move, but not as good as Mahomes. Kind of injury prone. Doesn't really wow you with his arm. He's accurate. Okay, everybody in the NFL is accurate, right? It's important, absolutely. That that's his greatest strength. Is he head and shoulders above everyone to make him that next level, right? To be Drew Brees? No. No, we would see it. I mean, the 60-yard bombs that Tyreek Hill catches on a semi-regular basis is just not going to be the case anymore. Right? That, that, that just does not happen in Miami with Tua, right? Tua is fine. Tua is fine. You can win eight games with him. Absolutely. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And you don't have Andy Reid. You don't have one of the best young GMs in the league right now, Brett Veach. You're now the number one target, and I would argue that Travis Kelsey was the number one target. You're now not... not he, was, he was always drawing the best assignment, right? The best DB was going to cover him. But now, he can be doubled more regularly because he is... He, he doesn't have Travis Kelsey taking three guys up the seam with him, right? Travis Kelsey on every play had a linebacker, and a safety, and then probably another safety, at least keeping an eye on him. Now Tyreek Hill is going to get doubled. He's going he's gonna to get that treatment. I don't know. I don't think it's all a peachy move for everybody. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the situation? Um, immediately, I, uh, it's an immediate downgrade of who is distributing the football to you. I mean, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, and then you go to Atua, who is insanely unproven and throws a lot of picks and doesn't have a lot of arm strength. And the other thing, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It isn't. And um, and like you said, as you age, speed declines. It's not like route running. It's not like having the mental awareness that some receivers have that ability over everybody else. No, this is speed. And as you get older just muscular skeletally things happen to you and your body changes you naturally slow down it's a um, contact sport as well it's one tackle from a safety to the ankle and and and, in, and instead of a 4-4 it's a 4-6 don't get me wrong i think he'll still have you know i don't want to say impressive numbers but i think he'll have some solid stats and some solid catches yards Touchdowns, all that in, no, in Miami, his first absolutely. one, two absolutely. years. But I think it's going to fall off a lot quicker. And now he doesn't have that help like in a Travis Kelsey or from a Patrick Mahomes or, you know, any one of the slew of whole, uh, you know, attributes that the Chiefs have that and, not everybody else in the league does. And from a winning standpoint, yeah, I'm not sure you have an argument to say that he is going to win more in Miami. No. I, I mean, I can't see where you would formulate that argument right i mean did they not just fire their head coach like unreasonably they have a rookie head coach a gm that has had no proof 
of making anything work. Drafted Tannehill, moved off him, had a chance to draft Herbert, drafted Tua instead, gone. Fired probably the best coach that he's had in his tenure, Brian Flores. I think it'll be interesting. I don't think it's... I, I think the way you described it, it's not always green. The grass is not always green on the inside. Yeah. Could not think of a better thing. Let's get into hits and misses, though. <clears throat> All right, so first hit. Ooh, that was loud. Okay, first hit. <laughs> After that. Um, okay, Mike Nicastro came on the show. Big Pittsburgh guy came on the show last week, right? A week ago yesterday? Or no, no, a week ago tomorrow. I'm sorry. Get my ideas all mixed up. Anyway, he said the Steelers don't be surprised if they go still take a quarterback in Malik Willis with the, what, 20th pick in the draft this year. Yeah. What do you know? Mike Tomlin went to the pro day at Liberty, one of only two head coaches in the league, him and Matt Rule, both went to the pro day. And then he had dinner with him, I would assume, after. Yeah. After the pro day, had dinner with Malik Willis. So, I don't know if Nicastro has, you know, some inside information. It was a hunch, whatever. He's right. It was on our show. So, I'm going to still count it. Chalk it up. I'm still going to count it. Absolutely. We'll shout this him is, out. Yeah, we'll shout him follow, out. Go follow Mike Nicastro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yins are Crazy is, is his podcast and his show. And yinsercrazy.com. Yinsercrazy.com is the is the website they got. They, they publish a bunch of articles, like news articles, all that good stuff. Um, true, true journalists over there. Secondly, um, okay, I'm sorry, over to misses, right? Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, I didn't expect it. First of all, I didn't expect Cleveland to move off Baker. I actually thought they were going to kind of let it play out right. He was hurt last year. Um, I, I, I thought they would trade him at the deadline, right? Let him come back, let him get healthy, play in September, work up his value, trade him at the deadline. Um, and I didn't expect it to be Deshaun Watson. First of all, he said Cleveland's out, right? They... There was a report, what was that? The day before, two days before, that Cleveland was out of the running. And then yeah. the next day, or two days later, it's announced that he's going to Cleveland, right? So, yeah, I, I did trust the report. Um, I didn't think Deshaun was going to go there. I thought from a financial standpoint and going back home, he could have went to um, to Carolina, to Atlanta. Um, those are both closer to his hometown. Atlanta is his hometown. Um, I thought it was a better financial move. It was probably a better personal move. But he's to Cleveland, Whatever. All right, hit. Let's go with Baker Mayfield. I've kind of been out on him since I don't probably his second year. I just said I don't yeah. see a lot of flash. Like I don't see a lot of it. Right, Justin Herbert's second start. You were like, that's different. That's different. Even Joe Burrow in his what fifth start, and he's not a, a crazy athlete. You were still like, oh yeah, no, he's a he's going to be really really good. But no, he's really seen, really good. We've seen like four years of Baker, and we're still like, eh. he's just not that. Dare I say he's not that guy? Dare I say it? He's not, that, not guy. that guy, pal. Not that guy, pal. Not that guy. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I, I said that the Browns should probably move off him, look for more of a grown-up. You don't, you know, I don't think Deshaun is that much more of a grown-up. He obviously has his own issues off the field as well, but you could tell that the writing was on the wall for them to move off Baker. I didn't expect it to be now, nor did I expect it to be Deshaun, but... Um, okay, let's go with the miss. Carolina. Um, when Matt Rule got hired, Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator. Um, kind of a newer owner, right? More of an aggressive owner comes in. That was about three, four years ago now, right? I expect Carolina to be a lot more aggressive. Um, and I thought they should have been the front runners to, to land Deshaun Watson. They have good skill position. Their defense was really good last year, which was kind of out of nowhere. The offensive line could use some work, but Watson's mobile. I thought it made more sense from a football standpoint than people were giving it credit for. 
Like I said, I love the skill positions. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, which who knows, right? He never does. Yeah. But I thought from a skill position standpoint, a talent standpoint, it made more sense than people think. It would be in his you know ACC footprint, right? Not far from Clemson. You got a lot of fans down there. It's not far from his hometown, Atlanta. I thought it made sense. And I don't know if Carolina didn't push hard enough, but I think Carolina should have given up what Cleveland did give up. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. If if they were truly in on Deshaun Watson, truly in on making this a high-caliber football team, I think they should have offered what Cleveland did. Evidently, they didn't. Here they are with Sam Darnold as their quarterback, and I'm a Sam supporter. He's not He's not it. Let's go with another hit. Let's go with the Pens being aggressive, right? I, I, I said the Pens have been one of the the more well-run organizations in the NHL for, I don't know, a decade, maybe two? They always two? have really solid ownership, GM. I mean, they usually nail it all. Coach. And then when you have Sidney Crosby as your leader, your captain. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very much like the Tom Brady effect, I think, in the NFL, where, I mean, players want to come play with uh, with Sidney Crosby. Right. Phil Kessel, almost in his prime, said, yeah, I'll be a third scoring option. They got him two cups. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah, they're a well-run organization. I've been saying it. And what do you know? They're they're aggressive, and they go get a – at the trade deadline, on the trade block market per se, I would say Ricard Raquel was certainly in the top 10. Um, at least semi-younger guys, he was in the top 10. Um, maybe even top five. He was a pretty high-end uh, trade target. And they go out and get him. They were aggressive. I like the play. And they gave up, what, Aston Reese um, – who else did they give up in that trade? Um, I know it was Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, um, and then a couple picks, which in the NHL, I'm fine giving up picks. That That's not a problem. The league has become so transient. Um, it, it, I, I'm not big on, on, on hoarding a bunch of picks. If they're high picks, right, you can go get a McDavid, a Jack Eichel, right? So it's, it's Aston Reese, it's Simone, who is Kale Klang? Never heard of him, doesn't matter. Uh, and then a second-round pick. I, I probably would even have given up more. Um, but anyway, what do you know? Aggressive wins. I like it. Misses. Let's go baseball in general. I thought, first of all, Universal DH w- w- would be a hit. Did they continue with the Universal DH for this yes. year? Um, okay. That's did. a win. That's yeah. a win. But the 162-game season has got to go. It's got to go. That's too long. I'll, I'll get to it in the second segment. You got to create urgency. This is you are dragging it on, and you got to make the games more valuable too. That's what that that's what that's what urgency does, right? So if you go, you know, I'll get to, I'll get into it later. I don't want to spoil my rant, but also um, starting it this late and then still hoping to get 162 games in is tough on the players. There's going to be a lot of injuries, um, and you're going to see some sluggish play here at the start. Um, and then maybe even towards the end, these guys are going to be beat down because you can't go, you can't just push the season back because now you're getting into Eastern Coast, like East Coast baseball teams having to play closer to November. You're, you're going to be playing in the snow. It's going to be right. The Yankees and the Red Sox, um, the Buccos. No, they're, <laughs> they're going to be there. They're not going to be there. Um, well, yeah. But these teams, you can't play in November on the East Coast, so oh. you can't push the season back. Which means you have to condense it. They already missed a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough um, to condense that. It really is. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the biggest attribute that a team can have going into this season, one that's always important, but I think will be even more important this year, is depth. Do you have depth at pitching? 
Do you have depth at every single position that you can at least rely on to go out there and hit at least like 280? Give me 250. Give me 250 and then a, a, a little bit of value somewhere else, right? If you're hitting 250, stud in the field, I will take it from a bench rotational piece, right? Or if you're hitting 250 with like, you know, minimal solid amount of home runs, right? So you're on it, you're a bench guy, so I don't want to say like 20 home runs, that's kind of unreasonable, but 12 home runs as a bench guy, yeah. I will take that all day, right? Yeah. A little bit of pop, maybe even as a pinch hitter, I'll take that. Um, so that's it for hits and misses. Let's um, let's transition into it. Let's let's have a little bit of a discussion. I'll give my thoughts. You give your thoughts. You know, a back and forth, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan to the Colts. We'll start with that. Then we'll get to Deshaun to Cleveland and my thoughts on it. Let's go Matt Ryan to the Colts. I'll give my thoughts first. Do I think it takes them to a place that they can compete for a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do I think they can compete for that division? Yeah, yeah, I can. Or, or yeah, yes, they can. I think they can compete for that division. Um, from the standpoint, Jonathan Taylor is a top five back in the league. You have the best offensive line in the division. You probably have the best all around defense. Tennessee has the best pass rush, but you have the best all around defense. Um, I'd argue that Frank no, Frank Reich's not as good as Mike Vrabel as a coach, but is certainly a a quality head coach in the NFL. Right. A veteran, good guy in the room, has been an NFL quarterback. And Matt Ryan, behind a good offensive line, is certainly competent. I think it elevates him to a place where they can, A, can compete for, for the division, and B, with that running game and that defense, if he can get them into a, the playoffs, right? They are a skip. Like, would you want to play Indianapolis in the first round? No. Absolutely not. They could get it, give it to Jonathan Taylor. He gets 170 yards. Next thing you know, you're a star quarterback, right? If you're a Buffalo, if you're a Kansas City, if you're a, a Chargers, right? You could be watching 35 minutes of that football game. That is not where you want to be. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's great. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, for Well, first of all, for Matt Ryan, I think it's fantastic. For the Colts, do you think it's fantastic? Um, you know, I don't think it's the best pickup they could have got, but for Matt Ryan, this is everything he's been waiting for. Right. Um, he's been drowned down in uh in Atlanta. They haven't picked up anybody. They've been rebuilding for the what, the last ten, fifteen years now? Since that Super Bowl, um, which was what, five years ago now? Yeah, I mean it's just been and first of all, we hold a grudge against Atlanta. We never bet Atlanta, and it's very apparent why, too. They're they burn us run. every time. Um, but I think him getting out of there, because think about it. Uh, the first thing that came to my head is while, while we're sitting here going through each game that happened during the season and we're doing the show, we always look at the Atlanta game. You click, you, you're looking at the box score, looking at the stats, and it's like, wow. Um, yeah, everybody played horrible except for Matt Ryan. No, he's never giving you spectacular, but he's also never giving you terrible. Yeah. So I think that in an Indianapolis, I mean, yes, Carson Wentz, he was fine. He's probably more talented, but he's not as reliable as Matt Ryan. He's very hit or miss. There's a lot of interceptions, takes a lot of big risks. First of all, he's a bigger guy, Carson Wentz, bigger arm, probably has a higher upside. But the floor so, is what I think Indianapolis is, is infatuated with. The floor for Matt Ryan is so high. right? Like, when's the last time Matt Ryan had like a no-touchdown, three-interception game? 
probably a couple years, honestly. And he has the most passing yards of any quarterback over the last six years. He's productive. Matt Ryan is a productive quarterback. Is he special? No. No, he's not that mobile. Um, certainly not at this age. His arm is good, not great. Like people, He's it, accurate, but he's not Breeze. He is a very slightly above average quarterback. It's like, it's not... If people need to stop comparing this to like the Matthew Stafford to LA. It's for not the love the same. of God, please stop. Um, if I've seen, I'm sure you've seen some posts like this. Right. It's like this is going to be just like you know Matt Stafford coming out of Detroit and going to LA and oh you know the course of the Super Bowl. Well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, Matt Ryan is nowhere near as good as a Matthew Stafford. Can we get that out of the way first? And and the roster, the the roster of the Colts is certainly good, like a, a playoff level roster. And I could argue with Matthew Stafford, they would easily win that division. Yeah. But that's not a Super Bowl roster, right? The the, the Colts are not a Super Bowl, and they're not the, they're not on the level that the Rams are. No. They don't have a Ramsey, a Donald, a Cup. They don't. They didn't have a Whitworth because Whitworth was there last year. He's since retired, right? They don't have a McVay, right? So I agree. Colts have a good roster, and I guess some people were kind of saying, "Oh, he could take them to the next level." Not to the Stafford level, though. No. I think the next level is like. Maybe win a playoff game, like beat Tennessee in the division, win the division and have a have like a shot at a playoff game, right? Yeah. Depending on who their matchup is, yeah, they could win a playoff game. Like go play a Baltimore in the first round and see what happens. The AFC is so strong, though. I don't think they would win a playoff game, but I think they'd certainly. I mean, look, they only lost by what three points at Buffalo with Philip Rivers two years ago. That's true. They had no business being in that in no, that football game. They didn't uh, at and, Buffalo. No, no. Like, they had no business being in it, but they were. And I would say Matt Ryan right now is better than Phillip Rivers was that last year. I think so. I think he's... The arms are probably about the same. I would, I would say, say Matt even Ryan Matt is... Ryan might have a slightly better arm. I think Matt Ryan has a slightly better frame, too, and just, you know, overall right. health of body. And I think he moves a little better. I'm not saying he's mobile, but within the pocket. Like, Rivers was a statue. There was no bootlegs. There was no sliding up in the pocket. There was no... Like you know, wiggling in the pocket, right? Matt Ryan can still do a little bit of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think, I think with Carson Wentz, that's a ten and seven team. I think with Matt Ryan, they get a coin flip to go their way. The tipped interception. I, I think he'll capitalize on that. Maybe steal another game. Uh, Eleven and six, they'll compete for the division. That's my thought. I think I think he's worth about a win over Carson Wentz. Maybe one more win. Right, if he's there this past year, they, they, they probably go to the playoffs. I think Cause, so. Because Wentz, uh, Wentz, in those last two games, I forget who he lost to the, in the second-to-last game, but then they go on the road to Jacksonville and they lose, mm. and Wentz threw a terrible pick from the end zone. Also, earlier in the year, Wentz throws those couple terrible picks against Tennessee, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan just doesn't, doesn't throw those picks, right? Doesn't put you in that position. So they, they probably would have made the playoffs with Matt Ryan this year. I think so, and, and I can see that argument. Um I, I don't know. I see Matt Ryan and and Carson Wentz almost like very similar. Well, I think they're on a similar level when it comes to like, how it, effective they are as a quarterback. I think they're completely different players in right, their but, style, though. Yeah, the style is completely different, but I see them in the same tier. In the same tier, right. Right. I think they have the same level of effectiveness as an NFL quarterback. Right. But I think the way that they each play... The way Matt Ryan is a safer, more conservative quarterback, he's a little bit more veteran. He's probably better at the line of scrimmage, right? A little better in the locker room, I would guess. That's what Indy was looking for. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I think the fit is probably better 
in in Indianapolis. But I also think for Wentz, the fit's probably better in Washington. They just need to get better at quarterback from a skill standpoint. They really do. Right, they have a they need solid— better than Taylor Heineke. Right, like the, their culture's not great right now anyway, right? The owner's not well-liked around the league. Ron Rivera is certainly a really good head coach and well-respected, but they don't have a lot of, like, emotional leaders on that football. It's not like they have a, a super deep, rich culture. So they're not really worried about if Wentz isn't this big alpha leader guy. They just need to get more talented at quarterback, and Wentz is certainly more talented than, like you said, Taylor Heineken. Yeah. Right. Okay, Deshaun to Cleveland. Again, I'll leave with my thoughts, you can, and then you'll go, right? Yeah. Sweet. There you go. Um, I would say that I think I don't think it's a move for this year that benefits them. Right, so there's a couple options. So Goodell could say, oh, let's suspend him this year, but the way the contract is set up, if he's suspended for like the first eight games, right, that's what they, that's what people were thinking it will be, he'll only lose 1% of his pay because they set it up all backloaded, even backloaded this season, right? So he's getting most of his money in the end, towards the end of the season, right? It's, it's, I don't know how contract, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how this contract is set up. I haven't read it. I'm, I'm, it's not what I'm going to do. But I know from people who do that and then report about it, they said that he'll only lose like one, maybe 2% of his, his total pay. So I don't think Goodell wants to do that. So he has an option to say, just let these civil suits play out. Go, you can go and play this year. But we're going to suspend you for the first eight games of next season. So it's a more, it's a bigger financial hurt for Deshaun Watson if they do it next year. So I don't know what Goodell will do. Say he suspends him this year because that's the most likely thing to happen because I don't think Goodell would like the heat of letting him play this year, right? The heat of not suspending him and letting him play a full year from the fans, right? Because um, what he's being accused of and, and what he's in court for is very not good, right? So if, if Goodell lets that slide, per se, and lets him play the full year this year, I don't think he's going to like the heat of that, so he'll probably suspend him for the first eight games, right? Comes back. It's too choppy this year. I don't think it works this year. Long term, do I think they have a better quarterback in the room than Baker Mayfield? Absolutely, I do. But do I think that in three years this could look exactly like Houston? Yes, I do. They are paying him 25% of their total salary cap. 25%. Aaron Rodgers' contract is outrageous. His is 12.6%. That's an outrageous contract. If you say Aaron Rodgers is a crazy contract, what's Deshaun's? It's almost double. It, it is about double what Aaron's is. And Aaron's is nuts. For reference, Matt Stafford is like 6.4% of the Rams salary cap. You know, that that's why they have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They just went out and signed Allen Robinson. You have Cooper Cup. I... And I don't think Cleveland got any more peace off the field at quarterback. No. Wait, a big problem with Baker. Baker's a fine quarterback. He's your very basic 24 touchdowns, 10 to 12 picks a year. He's going to give you a passer rating in the low 90s. It. He's going to be a solid, average quarterback in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. With that really good roster, you can win with Baker Mayfield. Maybe not a Super Bowl, but you can be a really good team for the next eight years with Baker Mayfield in that roster. But it was the it was the blah 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 at the podium. It's the 
it's the immaturity, right, of Baker Mayfield. That's why they moved off of him. Are we sitting here and saying we got? Oh, we got a grown up in the room now with Deshaun Watson. No, twenty two civil lawsuits. I don't think they got any quieter at quarterback. What are your thoughts? Um, I was surprised by the move. I didn't like you said. That's the main reason I thought that wasn't going to happen is because they were moving off of such an immature guy of such an, a problem creator rather than a solver in Baker Mayfield. And they brought in somebody that, you know, we haven't exactly seen a lot of proof that shows that he's not. He hasn't played in two years, by the way. I'll um, continue. We haven't seen a lot of evidence that he doesn't cause problems like Baker does. Apparently, you know, these ones are worse. These I mean, are worse just, than the problems that Baker caused. Just say it out loud. Deshaun Watson signs a massive contract with Houston, then has sexual assault allegations against him, then requests to trade to force himself out. I don't know about him personally, but professionally, kind of a kind of a D move, right? I can't say kind of a kind of a that that guy, right? Yeah. I mean like he's that guy. Is that, like, preferred from your franchise quarterback? No. Like, I get he's talented. Absolutely. It's the NFL. A lot of guys are talented. But I'm like not saying said, Deshaun Mar- Watson's on the market, though. Like you said, are we sure? He hasn't played in two years. <laughs> hasn't played in two years. Preseason's going to look like, a little like, rough. I don't, think, I don't think Cleveland is instantly a Super Bowl team right now. I don't either. I think this is just another situation. They better hope that he works out. And that he plays well because I mean they just spent a lot of money. They made a they pulled a lot of strings to get Deshaun. And also, if it doesn't gonna, work out, it's like the biggest miss of all time for them because they have the roster that's ready to win now. They just need to hit that quarterback. If they still can't hit that quarterback, it's just it's going to be like what? How many Cleveland quarterbacks have we seen in the last twenty years? Like twenty, like twenty, yeah, <laughs> like almost one a year. Yeah. So I mean. It's either going to add to their noise and continue the Cleveland trend, or this is going to be something that if he pops, it pops, and it turns him around a little bit. I don't know. I'm I'm certainly pessimistic um, about the whole thing in Cleveland. We'll see. Um, all right, when we come out of the break, we will have a little rant on baseball. We'll get into some baseball. Um, we'll talk about general baseball news because it's been kind of crazy. Um, we, you know, the league year just coming back, they couldn't do any league business over over the lockout, right? So. All the transactions are happening now. Free agents moving all over the place. New faces, new teams. We'll get through it all. And then a new segment called Who's That Yenzer? Don't go anywhere. Tim from The Issue here. I want to talk to you a little bit about Phoenix Supplements, spelled F-N-X, pronounced Phoenix. Just ordered some. I got some coming in the mail. Go get your creatines. Go get your glutamines. Anything that you need. To achieve your fitness goal is available on phoenix.com. Use the code TJ2022. They make great gifts as well. Go out, check it out, order all Phoenix stuff, phoenix.com, and use the code TJ2022. All right, we are back. Second segment of the issue. Not so beautiful Thursday morning. Kind of rainy, kind of overcast. I mean, it's, it's almost April and it's a little chilly still. Not not a fan. Not a fan at all. Um, quick, quick, quick. Yeah, no, I'm just not 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 thrilled. Not thrilled about what I'm seeing. Um, it is what it is. Like it, it's it's 
it's like dark. It's, it's, it's weird. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, so this segment, we're going to talk about some MLB, right? Uh, we'll get into kind of all the, the movement. It's, it's been a really transient league, right? Carlos Correa, new team. Trevor Story, Marcus Simeon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? We'll get into all that. Um, kind of where the top free agents landed. All that good stuff. First, I'll have a rant about about the MLB though, and kind of what I was disappointed in uh, about them. And then we're gonna have a a really fun new segment called "Who's That Yinzer." So we each picked a soundbite. Me and Luke each picked a soundbite from somebody that was famous in Pittsburgh. Right? You didn't have to be from Pittsburgh. Mine, mine is, by the way. But you had to be made famous in Pittsburgh, right? So like Kenny Pickett. Mine's not Kenny Pickett. I'm hoping yours isn't Kenny Pickett. No. Cool. Kenny Pickett wasn't from Pittsburgh, but he was made famous in Pittsburgh. He's known in Pittsburgh. That's the that's the criteria. Um, if they want, if you want him to be from Pittsburgh, then go for it. Um, so we'll have that at the end. We're gonna play it for each other, just the sound, and see if he can name who it is. See if the person can name who it is. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know. It's a great game. Yeah. I'm excited. Should be cool. Um, no, let me jump in to my rant real quick. So, Jock Peterson tweeted, um, you know, recently kind of dumped on Cleveland and Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore, right? Um, the tweet said something along the lines. Uh, he, he was like a picture of the payrolls, right? The top so many and then the bottom three, right? It was like the top five and then the dot, 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 bottom three. And he was like, you clearly don't care. You don't care about giving your fans the best product. Um, if, you, if you're going to give them this product here, then you should probably just sell the team. And I'm here to say that I couldn't agree more with a, with a statement ever, maybe, right? I, I, I don't think I've ever heard Jock Peterson talk for longer than, you know, maybe one question in a presser. Um, but I'm going to have to give him some more attention because I could not agree more. The MLB's gotten a little bit, they've gotten kind of into a bit of a joke stage. Um, when it comes to money and not having a salary cap, not having a salary floor, right? Not not having a minimum amount you have to spend to at least try to make your baseball team competitive. There's a cap to it. There should also be a floor to it. MLB doesn't have either. It's chaos. The Dodgers payroll is like $300 million. The Buccos is like, what, $38 million maybe? I think it might be lower than that. There's like seven players actively in the MLB making more money this year than the, the entire enti- payroll. The entire the entire payroll of the of the Pittsburgh Pirates. How is, that? And they're playing in the same league, right? The Dodgers have like they pay three hundred million more dollars on their payroll than than the Pittsburgh Pirates do. I mean, it's almost gotten like the SEC in college football. It's like here's the SEC, and then it's like. Everybody else. Right, like Clemson and Ohio State will kind of float around up there with the SEC, right? But from a conference standpoint, it's SEC, everybody else. It's kind of getting like that in baseball. It's like the elites, right? The Yankees can compete, and the Red Sox can normally compete, even though they're kind of a smaller market, right? Um, L.A. is always going to be up there. Like the Rangers, the Texas Rangers have a pretty big fan base. It's a big state, really big fan base. They can compete. They can throw money. So the Dodgers went out and paid for for Freddie Freeman. They not not huge money, but they they paid pretty big money for Freeman. They went out and, and spent big, right? The Buccos went and got 
Roberto Perez, a washed-up catcher from Cleveland, who was also dumping his salary because they're in the same boat as us. Right, so I, I worry about this. The NFL, right, has never been more exciting. Right, small-town Kansas City, right, kind of in the middle um, of the country. It's not like a coastal elite, right? Small-town Kansas City. Probably one of the best teams in the league, right? Denver, kind of in the middle middle of the uh, the country, right? Yeah, they're kind of getting more, you know, bigger and better, right? But generally, no one's like, oh, Denver's a big hub. Denver's really good, right? Um, I guess you could see Vegas. You can see L.A., right? That makes sense. Um, I, Seattle was good for a long time, right? You don't have to be a massive brand in the NFL to win. And it's more interesting that way. I, I can't say that with the MLB. The MLB, you can cross off 15 teams. They're just they're just not even close. They're just not even close to being competitive. The Pirates, the, the, the Indians, the Athletics aren't even going to be close. Uh, they're not the Indians anymore. The Guardians, I'm sorry. The Cleveland Guardians. They're not even going to be close. I mean, you can eliminate almost half the league. I mean, in football, even the Jaguars can go out and beat the Bills. Like, the, there is no shot... Buckos Dodgers three game series. I would give the Pirates a five percent chance of winning one game. And I think I'm being generous. I actually think I'm being generous here. I mean, look, since Cincinnati went and made a Super Bowl in the middle of the country, not a big, not a big town, right? You need a salary cap. You need a salary floor, first of all. Second, also the whole the whole 162 game thing has got to go. I mean, it's got to go. 100 games max. You got to shrink the season. 162 games is is absurd. It's an absurd amount of baseball games. Do you, have you seen the NCAA tournament this year? I mean, I'm not saying that you can liken college basketball to professional baseball, but it's not like as a product, um, you know, as a, as a just looking at the sport itself. You can't tell me college basketball is a more skilled product than the MLB. Certainly more exciting. It's absolutely more exciting. There's urgency. It's fast-paced. It's moving, right? I think the major thing, though, is the urgency that it creates. It's one or... You either win or you, you go home. We're at the NFL season. 17 games. Every game counts. 162 games. You can have a you have a 15-game losing streak and win the World Series. The Nationals were like third to last in the National League Conference. Or National... The National League. I can't believe it's the National League. It doesn't matter. They were like third to last in the National League the year they won the World Series. They were sub-500 at the All-Star break. Because the, the games don't matter. The, the games don't matter. I mean, think about a 100-game season. That way it's easy for everybody to think about it in percentages, right? 100-game season, a 10-game losing streak. That's 10% of your season gone, whack, right off the top. That that gets to players, that gets to coaches, right? That provides urgency. That makes more meaningful baseball games. Yep. It should be set up more like college baseball. You have a you have a midweek series, maybe two games, maybe not even, maybe not a full series. You have a weekend series, right? You give it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe maybe play a maybe play a Tuesday Wednesday. You get two days off during the week. That's a that's a solid work week. We take that all day. The players aren't going to get upset. You're still making revenue five days a week, or every day, but 
you know, actual baseball activity revenue five days a week. I mean, I'm, I'm not asking for 50 games. I'm not asking to, to cut 60% of your revenue. But can we get down to 100 games? I don't think I'm crazy to ask for a 100-game season. Uh, no, and I think, honestly, it would help boost ticket sales because now you have less of something. So, obviously, the competition to get those tickets are, is going to increase. You're a also, business major, supply and demand. Yeah. Um, something I also think this does is it it places more value on trades, on deals with other teams before the deadline because right now it's like like you said you could be a sub 500 team come back make the playoffs win the world series so i I do think with a lesser amount of games more emphasis is placed on each one obviously each one starts to hold more value but now like you said there's urgency to get things done now okay he can't hit we need to get somebody that can hit Right. Because we can't have him going up there striking out all the time. You, I think it also puts a different spin into the game. The, the, you can't go as a player now on a 15-game. If you're an average player that goes in a 15-game slump, which happens all the time, you might be like, 15 games? Happens all the time. That's 15% of the season. A team cannot watch you go 6 for 96 over over a 30-game a, a stretch anymore. They, they just can't have it. Which I think makes for better baseball. More opportunities. You get to start seeing, I bet, more of the young guys that they're going to push up through the system to try to get to fill some holes. Right. So um, I I think it would be a great thing for the league. I will say also that this isn't something that the league can control, but I just, I'm done with the analytics that it's it's home run. You know, you're fine with a guy striking out a bunch as long as he hits home runs. I want to see base runners for as a product, as a product for the MLB. It's way more exciting if guys are on the base. They're stealing, hitting runs, bunting runs. You're moving more action. Right? I want to see infielders have the chance to make more plays, better plays. I want to see absolute mayhem on the bases. That's what baseball's supposed to be. I don't know. I, I it's exciting watching spring training, right? It kind of lights that fire again. But I can't help but watch it and just be like I think there's some fundamental changes that if they were made, this game could be a lot better. Yeah. It could be a better product because I love baseball. It's my first love. It's my favorite sport to play. Um, it's probably my favorite sport to – it's close. It's up there with football, my favorite sport to watch because I can kind of think about the inner workings of it, right? I can get on the cerebral side of it. Yes, it's slow. I know it's boring, but if you fully understand it and you can get immersed in it, I love watching it. But from a product standpoint, I get – why it's not the most popular sport in America. I really do. It's slow. There's no urgency. I want them to shrink the games, make the game more exciting, make it more urgent, right? I'm so tired of seeing people go on 27-game slumps. Chris Davis didn't record a hit for 26 straight games one time for the Orioles. If you do that in a 100-game season, that's almost 30% of the season. General managers and coaches cannot let that happen in a shortened season. They just can't do it. I thought the COVID product, the COVID year when they shrank the shrank the season down, I thought it was a really good product. I, I thought baseball, I thought that was one of the best, skill, like the more skilled seasons I've seen. I was hoping, whoa, I was hoping that they would have like, you know, realized that and, and kind of taken that to into account when, you know, they, they tried out the universal DH that year and now that role's sticking around. Like, did we not understand that that kind of made a more exciting 
it's just sport to watch when there's you know not 162 games. I don't care if you're an avid, you know, you have a Pittsburgh Pirates tattoo on, you know, every inch of your body, and you know you go to almost all the home games. 162 games to watch, even for the brutal. most passionate of all fans. I mean, you're not going to make that. But you know what? I watch every single Steeler game. Why do you think it's Why do you think it's virtually impossible for a show like ours? To fully to to fully cover the MLB, one hundred sixty-two games a year per team. We would have to have a three-hour show per team. Three-hour show every single day. Bare minimum. Bare bare minimum. It'd be brutal. It'd be. It would be. You just cannot watch that volume of games. Thought it would be brutal to talk about for that long. That's true. Um, okay, let's get into just kind of the, the major free agent signings. We'll give you our opinion on it. I'm literally just going to go down a list of who I believe. I'm not going to do it in order, but the top signings where I just kind of jotted them down, right? Let's go first one. Carlos Correa signing to the Twins. It's a three-year deal with two positions for opt-outs after those after those years, right? So the next three years for sure, and then the next two years are opt-out options, right? Um, so he could come back under similar financial circumstances, right? Or he can opt out, hit free agency again, right? He's only 27, super productive at the plate. I love the pickup. I, I, I absolutely love the pickup for, for Minnesota. They're kind of going all in on this power thing, right? You got Miguel Sano, and um, they, they have like a big third baseman that hits for power, right? Maybe Sano is the first third base, maybe I'm thinking first base. They have another quarter infielder that can hit for power. Even Byron Bucks and their center fielder had like 30-some home runs last year out of nowhere. Um, no, I, I, I like it. They're, they're kind of doubling down on what they are, and I'd rather than, them do that than have no identity. I don't know. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think about the Twins? I think this is a team that was they had they were flooded with young talent not a lot whole lot of it paid out they're trying to still see who they want to build this thing around uh i think it's gonna, still gonna be two three years until they're really really competitive uh, i could could see that happening anytime you yeah. add a guy that can at any any given season hit for 40 home runs y- yeah. you're kind of in business yeah um I, I think it's the pieces are starting to come together i think it's just going to be a little bit of a time thing here Okay, let's go. Let's go with Corey Seager. He goes from the Dodgers um, to the Rangers on a ten-year deal. He's a, he is also twenty-seven, also a shortstop, which seems to be a pretty coveted position, right? The the top three of the top four free agents in my eyes um, are kind of shortstop, middle infield, right? The one the only reason he won't play shortstop is he's going with Corey Seager to Texas, but we'll get to him. Um, I like the idea of Seager. He's the MVP or was the MVP of the World Series. My only worry is that he's injury prone, and they just gave him ten years. That's a long time for a guy who has had, what, two injuries now as a big leaguer. I worry a little bit. The money's actually not terrible on the team. Like, it's not, it's not that punitive um, on the team. It's not like he's making too much money where it could hurt. Certainly get, certainly being compensated well. Um, I, I give the move like a, like a B. I think mean, super, super, super solid player. He's going to hit around 300 every year. My worry is just him staying healthy. That's my only worry with Corey Seager. I'll give it a B, maybe B+. Plus. No, yeah, that's fair. I agree with everything. As long as he can keep this thing going and, you know, not have a season-ending injury for once, that would be fantastic. No, I'm with you. All right, let's go with Chris Bryant. I believe is probably the, the third best. Um, I do think he's a little bit overvalued, but I will say he chose wisely going to Colorado. The ball flies. 
the ball flies out of the yard in Colorado. Yes, it does. I mean, it is an offensive player's dream. The air is thin. Ball cuts right through it. Um, you could look up and Chris Bryant could have 40 home runs. I think from his standpoint, great get. The issue with Colorado, though, is now what it's always been. You're never going to be able to attract high-end pitching there for the same reason that you're able to attract high-end hitting. Yeah. Right? Home runs are abundant. Trevor Story hit like a 530-foot home run there the other year. Over the walkway behind the outfield bleachers. I mean, it was a poke. Um, and so that's the same reason you're not going to be able to get a high-end starting pitcher uh, or even a closer for that for that matter. They have no one of note on their rotation. So I love the move for Chris Bryant, but I don't think it solves any major need for Colorado. I, don't, I, I think they need pitching, and they're not going to get it. Yeah. Um, they're always a team that I could see is going to be a little bit lopsided, like you said. I mean, just because it's so hard to attract it, just from a talent acquisition standpoint, to get pitching there. Um but on the flip, I mean, if they can, if they want to double down on the home runs, will win thing like the Yankees always seem to do, well, yeah. then go that route. Yeah, whatever. I mean, like we'll see if it works. Let's go with Marcus Marcus Semyon next. I think he, um, again, he'd probably be playing shortstop if he wasn't going to Texas um, with Corey Seager. So he'll probably play second. He signed a seven-year deal. So I do like Texas up the middle. First of all, they're strong offensively and defensively. Semyon's a little bit more reliable from a health standpoint too so if the seager thing doesn't work out you're gonna have a really solid middle infielder no matter what um and i do semyon has got good pop good leader in the locker room i actually really like this pickup i'll go a minus um on the texas rangers picking up marcus Semyon. Ooh, so for the the braves this is a rough one now they do end up going and getting matt olsen from the braves in a trade their first baseman so they kind of um, we're able to recoup this loss, but I think losing Freddie Freeman, not only losing him, but allowing him to go to probably th- their major competitor, right? For if the, if Atlanta wants to try to repeat, the main obstacle is going to be the Dodgers, and you let Freddie go right to, I mean, well, not let because he's a free agent, but it it hurts even more that he's going to now go to a team that's probably going to be your main competitor. I don't know. What, 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 what do you think about the Dodgers pretty much going out and buying more talent? I mean, it's very online with the Dodgers and the big organizations and not something we usually get here in Pittsburgh, which is fine. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, going in division like that, it does it does sting a lot. Um, not in division, but just... In the same league, right? Yeah, Both in the, in the in National the league. league. And they're going to they're gonna see each other in the playoffs. They have the last, what, three years now? Right, and when it beat... Like, I mean, if it beats you, it's going to sting extra. If you beat them, it's going to feel real good. Right. Um, I just think it adds just another element of just competitive edge to a already hot rivalry right there. And I want to talk about the Mets because they got Max Scherzer um, to a three-year deal. So now you got DeGrom and Scherzer are your one and two. First of all, in the NLDS, right, you can almost chalk it up that they're going to win that. Um, I'm not sure how a team, especially if the Mets get home field right, imagine you're an opposing team on the road in New York with New York fans, right? The Mets are, they're not, they're not the Yankees, but they're still New Yorkers, right? They're still going to get after you. They're still, still going to be, they're still going to be talking smack, a right? A lot of aggressive people. Going into their house, and then you get one, two, you get DeGrom and Scherzer, right? Unless they have to play with a wild card, like through a wild card, because then one of them will already pitch in the wild card, so they won't be good for game one. But either way, you're going to get, a top 10 pitcher to throw you in the first game. 
and either in the second or the third game, you're going to get another top 10 pitcher with, with whoever else. So you probably throw DeGrom in the wild card if, if they get there, right? And then you'll throw Scherzer game one. It's almost, it, it's close to a week then through to, to game three. So you could throw somebody else in the middle, but then you could probably get DeGrom back by game three to make a start on the road. So not only do you get a really good outing from Scherzer in the first home start, then the first time you go on the road, either to win it or to go up 2-1, which is huge in a five-game series, you get you get DeGrom on the road. That's nasty. That's nasty. I love the pickup for the Mets. I think the Mets, first of all, they're always going to met, right? They're, they're, they're like the Browns of the NFL. No matter how talented they are, the Mets are always going to met. Um... I will give the signing itself an A minus. I think the Mets are still going to underachieve, though. I think that that's just classically that, that that's what they do. Yeah, um, it's really hard to not see that happening, um, and I think that will be the favorite prediction. We will give our uh, preseason MLB predictions coming up. I'd say probably next week, right? We'll jump on that. Um, yeah. So the the opening days in about a week and a half. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, in about two and a about two and a half weeks, now, yeah. a little less than that. Yeah. Little, little bit over two weeks, um, so we will give you our divisional predictions, um, and then obviously come playoff time, we'll you know, we'll deal with that later. But we will give you our divisional predictions, predictions for like MVP, Cy right. Young, yeah. right, all that, all that good stuff. Um, but that that is about it. Um, th- those are, those are the kind of the main ones I wanted to talk about. I'm not just going to go here and read you through a list of every transaction. Go look at it. Go look at um, it's www.cbssports.com. Right, so I had my list, and then I had their list kind of going off. Um, you can look at the top, their top 50 free agent signings. Uh, by the way, the Pirates are not in there a singular time. No, I are we, are we surprised, though? No, uh, I mean, it's a dysfunctional organization with horrendous leadership that will, I think, always have horrendous leadership until... You know, they sell the team yeah, until they, they, they sell the sell team it. and somebody else buys it. Sell it. I don't care. Take it out of the city. I don't care anymore. I mean, they're, they're so devoid of talent that I was seeing an inside Pirates baseball commercial... They actually had a diving play from Starling Marte. Dude, he's been off the buckets for like two and a half years now. I mean, what are they going to do? Put a video of Gregory Polanco tripping over his own feet in right field? He's gone too, though. <laughs> so, I, I mean, they might as well. I know. Um, I mean, they, I have, they have one good piece. Brian Reynolds is the only thing that that makes the heart rate jump just a little bit, right? That's you know, it. You know, you know he can Because you know he can hit for close to 300 I mean, pretty much every year. I mean, it seems like he has so far in his relatively young career, I would say. Um, so, I they, I will say this about the Pirates. I don't mind the Derek Shelton hire. I, th- I think he's actually, I think he's building something. I will say, yeah, last year they had a lot of fight. They were a gritty baseball team, um, but they just have no talent. They, I mean, they are devoid. None. Now, honestly, I, w- I will say this. I'm not saying compared to human beings. I'm saying compared to the rest of the league. Some people will take that and they'll be like, oh, I would like to see you go out there and do it. Not saying that. Not saying that. I play club baseball. I like to have a good time. Chilling. Certainly not an MLB level player. I'm saying compared to the rest of the league, their talent, so bad. It's terrible. Um, oh, okay. New game. New game. Who's All that right. Yenzer? Who is that Yenzer? So let me let's let's preface with the rules. So Luke is gonna play a sound yep. from somebody like we said, either 
from Pittsburgh, got famous in, getting famous in Pittsburgh was the main criteria, right? Known for being a Steeler, a Panther, a Penguin, Pirate, right? Known for being famous in Pittsburgh. If they're from Pittsburgh, okay. Can we set good. this now? Before uh, this is the first week, obviously, but is it allowed to be outside of just sports? Are we just doing all famous yens? No, 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 sports, sports, yenzers. sports. Okay, is your sports? Yes, it okay. is sports. Okay, yes, sports. Okay, yeah, right, okay. and and okay. So here's the thing. We get three listens. How long is your clip? Like twenty seconds? About yeah. Yeah, mine's about like, that. Okay, about fifteen. You seconds. get you get three listens and one hint. Three listens and one hint if you need it. Right, you don't have to take it. Right, it's almost like a little phone a friend type of thing. Yeah. So whenever you're ready. Okay. Imagination with a kid out of Forest Park, Georgia. Not too tall, not too fast, won a Super Bowl MVP. So that's a little bit of a hint. Enjoy your thinking. MVP. Can I hear it again? You can. Was that the whole clip, by the way? Yeah. There's nothing else? Okay. Not too tall, not too fast, won a Super Bowl MVP. It's Heinz Ward. That's correct. It's Heinz Ward. It's Heinz Ward. First of all, the Georgia thing. I mean, like, Georgia. He went He went to the University of Georgia. And I'm thinking Super Bowl MVP as a Steeler. And um, so I'm going through, like, Super Bowl MVPs. Like, Ben hasn't won one. It was, it was Heinz. And then wasn't it Santonio in the one against Arizona? And then it sounded too clear and recent to be... Anything from our previous Super Bowls, which would have been like what the eighties. Yeah. Um, so that's how that's how I got to that. Well, very good. Okay, give me the cord. Here's the cord. I'm about to play mine. Um, you probably I like not, that. I like that Jeopardy music. You probably though. not get the Jeopardy music on off of Tim's phone here. We are, uh, you know, whatever. Not, not the producer side over here anymore. So big content guy. Okay. <laughs> My dad taking me to games to see Central Catholic play and. You know, and, and I knew I was going to be going to school there, and and uh, uh, and it's great tradition. I mean, Central has great tradition, you know, and it's uh, it's something. <laughs> Went to Central Catholic High School. It sounds so familiar. Dun, dun, dun. I'll just I'll just sing the music. <laughs> Please dun, don't. Dun, dun, dun. Um, can I hear it again? Yes, sir. Seventh and eighth grade, my dad taking me to games to see Central Catholic play, and you know, and, and I knew I was going to be going to school there, and and uh, uh, and it's great tradition. I mean, Central has great tradition, you know. Don't be, don't be trying to uh, check out my something. camera. You get one more lesson. I mean, let me know whenever, whenever you'd okay, like. Okay, so it. I'm thinking, he he went to Central Catholic. He always knew he was going to be down there playing. So I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that they like you know played at at Heinz or Three Rivers, whatever it may have been. That's po- certainly and then, possible. And then played for either Pitt or the Steelers. Is what certainly I'm thinking. possible. I mean, you still have a hint as well. So I mean, I could answer any of those questions if you like. My problem with it is, why does he sound exactly like Eric Kasparovich? They all sound the same. Play it again. Give me a second. There it goes. 
seventh and eighth grade, my dad taking me to games to see Central Catholic play, and you know, and, and I knew I was going to be going to school there, and and uh, uh, and it's great tradition. I mean, Central has great tradition, you know, and it's uh, it's something. <laughs> Do you, would you like a hint? Yeah, I'd like a hint. Well, you, I'm, okay, let's revise. It's not a hint, but you can ask me a question that I have to answer. Okay. Was this person a stealer? No. Joe Montana. That is incorrect. The correct answer is drum roll, please. Come on, drum roll. This guy, Dan Marino. Damn it! Wait, Dan that's Marino. It. Joe Montana did not go to Central Catholic no, High School. That was Dan Marino. Why did I get that mixed up right now? Dan Marino went to Central Catholic High School, ended up being the quarterback at Pitt. Obviously, then gets drafted to Miami. Um, gets the wow. one Super Bowl, doesn't win it. Doesn't get back, but still has a legendary statistical career with one of the top quarterbacks. I, I compare him almost to an Aaron Rodgers without a Super Bowl, right? Super talented. Probably should have won more Super Bowls than he did. He won zero. Aaron probably should have won more than one, right? I kind of view him in the same light. Pittsburgh legend, Dan Marino. That So that is that is who's that Yenzer. I love that game. That was great. That was fun. That's gonna be that's gonna be an every that that that's gotta be an every week thing. Yeah, it, I was it, thinking maybe every other week. No, I, I like that. That that that's a good time. I like it um, until we start running out of Yenzers. But no, it's until it starts getting hard and you have to pick Malkin and you're like, hmm. we might have to start. <laughs> we might have to start giving um, like multiple choice if it gets down to it, right? Right. For like, oh, you know, Eddie Smith played left guard for the Steelers for <laughs> two months one time. Like, if we get that we're, that well, far, uh, first no. of all, how are we going to dig to find those clips? Is going to be the I tough don't part. Know. There's going to be well, there's so many famous people from uh, Pittsburgh, so I think we have a long time before we, we get there. We at least got a whole year's worth of. I could fit, think of fifty-two bare people minimum, bare minimum, bare minimum of fifty-two. So don't you guys worry. All right. Well, um, so next segment we are going to talk. All hockey. We're going to get into some penguins. Actually, maybe not all. Mostly hockey. We're going to have Tyler Bursacon to kind of fill us in on the penguins, the trading deadline, um, them going forward, who we think, uh, you know, who, who's going to compete with them, all that good stuff. Pretty much anything penguins and uh, a lot of good recent NHL news. And then we'll get into a game of up, down, sideways. Where are people trending? We're going to have some NFL teams. Um, some some NHL teams, pretty much just the Penguins, actually in that in that regard, and, um, and then some MLB and some MLB teams. So it's an all-encompassing game. Um, so you know, I I personally wouldn't go anywhere. So I don't think you should either. Hey guys, it's Luke here from The Issue. Doing the podcast, we want equipment that works just as hard as we do. That's why we chose Rockville Audio when we thought to build the studio. We got our microphones, boomsticks, a mixer headphones, audio cables, everything from rockvilleaudio.com. They have way more than that. They have stuff for your car, for boats, lighting, audio, everything you could possibly need. Find it at rockville.com. They are awesome. Go check it out. That is rockville.com. What is up? We are back. It is the third segment of the issue here on a Thursday in late March. It is the 24th of March. Um, you know, great episode so far. We got Tyler Bursick coming on here. Just about, about five, five minutes. minutes yeah. yeah, five minutes here. Got uh, synced up, huh? I know. Uh, he should be on here talking some Penguins hockey as we get into the last full month of the season as they play through April. I think April 28th is uh, the last game of the season, if I am not mistaken. So, 
going to be a very good segment. Uh, if you like hockey, this will be kind of your time to shine. We had baseball, we had football, um, and then at the very end, like Tim mentioned, right at the end of that last segment, to finish off the show, we have an all-encompassing up, down, sideways, which is a game we've played a couple times here. Uh, so don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss that. First, though, well, the Penguins. Yeah, um, playing really, really well. So Jari's, Jari has won... 10 of his last 11, so he's 10, 0, and 1. The one loss was either a shootout or overtime. I can't um, can't remember. He's playing out of his mind. And the thing is, our offense, I don't know what it is. They're either stagnant, awful, or they'll put up like four goals in a minute. Did you see in just the second period alone, they put up, what, three? No. Four goals in the second period alone last night against the Blue Jackets. Um I will say Sidney Crosby continues to impress me. Um, I still think he's a top three overall player, still a top ten scorer, certainly a top maybe one playmaker, distributor, leader on the ice. I mean, does it does it kind of shock you at this point in his career that he is this good? I mean, I'm a little surprised that it is, at his age he's still this good. Um, no, it's definitely shocking. I don't think we've seen anybody really – turn it on and then keep it just rolling like Sidney Crosby's been able to do. And he's not just doing it at like a, oh, you know, he's like one of the best in the league. No, like he is still the best player in the league. He still has the best uh, handling of the puck that I've ever seen. He has, I mean, some of the craziest shots. And I've never seen somebody pass the puck like Sidney Crosby either. You don't really sit there ever and say, oh, well, he's a great passer of the puck. No, this guy is an artist at passing the puck. I mean, there's been situations where he'll either – He'll either have the most finesse pass of all time where it sneaks through four skates and gets under a stick and perfectly onto the other tape, or or he'll just take it with one hand on the stick, the other holding off four, four defenders and just go through them like a hot knife through butter and then put the, like the sickest shot on a goaltender you've ever seen. It's not something that is... It doesn't come around all the time. We need to be extremely thankful with the time we've had with Crosby. And, I mean, it is mind-blowing that he's still being able to uh, to do it at this level. I think if the Penguins go on to overtake first place by the end of the regular season um, and they get one of the top two seeds, I think he has a serious conversation for the most valuable player award, the MVP award for the NHL. This season, am I, am I crazy? No, I think he does. No. I think he's got an argument. Um, what he's been able to do to to set Gensel up, Gensel's having a fantastic year, and Crosby's been able to facilitate to Gensel, to Rodriguez, to Rust, who are all having really solid seasons. But then you look up and and he's scoring too. He's not just passing. He's able to to per se put the team on on his back, so to speak, right? There's there's nights where his line mates, the defenseman, Jari just looks like he's having a rough night. Nope. No, not not with Sid in the lineup. No, he's not letting anybody quit. Um, he's always, always been one of the best leaders, right? Nobody talks about hockey like they do football and basketball, even baseball to an extent. I think Crosby belongs in the conversation. If you're looking at the best athlete right now, like I think he's Tom Brady, the, the Tom Brady of the NHL. I think he's the LeBron James of the NHL. Look, I, I think he's that level. Been able to do it for so long and be so great. He's a coach on the ice. 
Um, he's probably the best locker room presence, one of the best leaders in the league right now. Oh, and he backs it up with his play, just like Brady, just like LeBron, just like these all-time greats in their sports. And we're all witnessing it right now. No, yeah, I think you're 100% right. Um, he's an icon. He's a face. He's an emblem of, of NHL, of the league. Uh, and he's done it for a very long time. I mean, he got drafted in 2004, for God's sakes. And it's now 2022, and he's still the most electric player. And I bet the most, you could argue, valuable this year. But whenever you need something clutch to happen... There's Sidney Crosby. It always seems that he steps up and he's the one to do it. Uh, that's what you look for out of a captain, uh, and he's done a fantastic job. It's been that way his entire career. I mean, look at that gold medal game against the U.S. Oh what was God. that, 2008? When Team Canada just absolutely... In overtime. Or 2012, I'm sorry. I think it was, was it 2012. I think it was 2012 12. Olympics. Um, and Crosby was fighting all those dudes off. He had, like, if anybody remembers it, he's skating behind the net. From, hard From turn. one side to one side on both sides of the trapezoid. And just hard turn. Gets the other side. Hard turn back the other way. Gets the other side. Hard turn back the other way. Dangles out and just kind of glides. Gets glides, into the slot. And just rips right a shot. Beautiful, he's nuts. He's beautiful nuts. execution. Um, he is insanely special. And 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 they're putting the guys around him. The trade deadline was really successful. Jari's having a good year. I don't know. Don't don't take it from us though. Let's hear from Tyler Bursick. He is our hockey guy. He watches it certainly more frequently. He's played it longer. Um, he's the guy we go to to get all the answers. So let's go talk to him. Now with us on the phone, we got Tyler Bursick, our NHL guy. He was on the show uh, last year to talk pens with us. Glad to have him back in today. Tyler, how are you, man? What's going on, boys? It's going good. Everything's going good. Pens are playing good, so life is good. Yeah, but they, have they won? I know Jari's won. I think I think he's 10-0-1 in his last 11. Is that right? Does that, seem, does that sound right to you? Yeah, that's actually really accurate. He is just lighting it up this year. I think he only has... Um, I think he only, he has less than 14 regulation losses this year, or less than 15 regula, regulation losses this year. So, I mean, he's just lighting it up. Well, uh, the the Pens in general, the whole the whole organization. I thought they I thought they did really well um, at the trade deadline, uh, picking up a lot of positions of need. Right, they needed more scoring. They go out and get Ricard Raquel um, from what the Ducks. What do you think of that pickup? I thought it was really good. I thought he was a top five to ten guy that was kind of on the block. Uh, and then they were able to secure him. What do you what do you make of it? I like it. I mean, it, it's a big move, um, and he's kind of it, it's kind of like he needed like a change of scenery. Really, I mean, he's a he's a two time thirty plus goal scorer, but since then he hasn't scored more than uh, twenty goals in his, in his past couple seasons. I think two thousand eighteen was the last year he had thirty four goals. So it's definitely a nice change of scenery for him. Um, I like it. I think he's going to slot in nicely, maybe with Malkin, maybe bump Heinen down to the third line. So um, it definitely adds some a nice little bit of speed to a lineup that's already pretty darn fast. So I'm loving it. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. So is that his, is that his major skill set? Obviously scoring, right? But um, from like a hockey standpoint, does he do anything that maybe the average fan wouldn't you know, get or kind of be able to see on a nightly basis? Like what does he do that is going to make him a good fit on this team? I think I think what he's able to do is is create like speed, um, you know, play with play off the rush. Um, there's not really 
too many times where the Pens, like, I mean, they do regularly, but they really like to score off the rush. So it's that one or two chances, like, right as soon as you enter the zone. I think he does that well. Um, he could put the puck in the net. Uh, maybe there hasn't been that much talent in Anaheim as there has been in Pittsburgh. So maybe you see him playing with Malk and he gives that little dish in the zone and boom, that's a big time scoring opportunity for him. So I'm excited to see what kind of speed and stuff he brings to the lineup. All right, Tyler. So obviously this year, everybody's looking at Carolina. Carolina's out in front where I'm looking at it right now. We're down three points in the division to him. The Pens are in second. It's not um, terrible though. You know, who's going to be the team to come in and, and beat Carolina? Is it going to be the Penguins? Do you think? I mean, we played them and, and I'm, pretty sure we lost that game um so i'm just wondering i'm looking through the division here and i don't see anybody that can really match that team do you yeah that's i literally i'm looking at my notes right now and i'm looking at the standings and they are just insanely good um i know um florida they're i mean they're not going to play in the playoffs like first two rounds but in the metro I'm really nervous about the Rangers because um, Igor Sesterkin, their goalie, is out of his mind. Having one of the best um, single seasons of a goalie of all time right now. Yeah, I mean, they lose Hank Lundqvist, and then all of a sudden this kid comes in and just lights it up, and it's like they didn't even lose their top goalie. Um, so if it's not us, it's going to be the Rangers because Washington, Washington's going to get in, but they're not going to – they're just not the same team they were. They're older – um, yeah, Ovi's still putting pucks in the back end that like crazy, but they're just not going to do anything. So if any, if it's if it's anyone, it's going to be the Rangers. But I don't really think anyone's stopping Carolina. No, I, I I'm kind of with you. So I view this is how I'm viewing the Eastern Conference right now. Um, I guess the Pens are kind of on a win streak, so this could be changed. But I view you got Carolina and then um, the Panthers, was that the Florida Panthers, um, and then the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. I view those as that the top three teams. I think the Pens are a half tier lower. Um, am I am I crazy? Do you think they belong in that top tier, or what do you think the gap is there? I think, giving the experience, I even though Florida's having a great regular season, the playoffs is completely different. It's you start zero and zero record. It's completely different. Anything can happen. So I'm gonna basically put. I'm actually gonna put the Pens above the Panthers in that ranking really? okay. um, just because of playoff experience, just because of that. Um, now Tampa, they're another team that can literally just go to the playoffs and absolutely light it up. Cause they've, I mean, I would not be surprised at all if they three Pete just because, I mean, they didn't really lose anyone from the past two seasons besides maybe a couple players, but their core group is still intact and they're, and they have Vasilevsky. He's the best goaltender in the league. So I, Tampa is is very scary, but I would I would definitely put the Pens above Florida just just based solely based off play playoff experience alone. So, in the deadline, right or right before the deadline, how do you think the Pens did? Um, you know, they went out obviously got those two pretty big moves. Um, but if you were to you know give it a ranking or, or give it a grade, what would you say? I would say it's a B. Um, I think uh, I think dumping those two contracts is act action recent. Um, Dominic Simone are pretty decent. Um, but they Dominic Simone was just a pylon, basically. He wasn't really putting any points up. I'm glad right. we're going to dump him. Zach Aston Reese, I mean, you lose a lot of grit. I mean, that dude fought. Uh, that dude was battling in the corners every single night. He was getting he was getting stuff done. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, definitely a B. I mean, Ricardo Kyle, he's he's definitely a top tier player. His points, you know, have gone down as of late, but anything can happen with the new city. So I'm definitely going to stick with a B. All right, I I don't think that's a bad move. I I maybe go B plus, um, but no, I, I I'm gonna be, I'm with you. So I was talking about uh, Jari to to one of my buddies recently, and. And we're talking about the the Penguins making a playoff push, and and it was funny because he said the Flyers at the beginning of this year that that didn't age well. But then he said he also predicted the Rangers to be really good, and they are. And so I'm like, okay, so now looking at it, who do you think is going to get in? And he was like, I don't know. Like I, I really like the Penguins, but I'm worried about Jari. And I go, I I am too, but I don't think statistically speaking he can have as bad of a playoffs as he did last year. Do you think I he's agree. taken the next step up? Do you think he could be a successful playoff goaltender? to kind of lead them through this playoff push? Because last year he wasn't. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I really don't think you can get any worse than what happened last year against the Islanders because that was that was actually painful to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can just tell he was in like he was just in, in a slump. You know, he hit his slump at the worst possible time. Um, but yeah, I mean I I I think he's I think he's there. Um, obviously who knows? We, it, you know, playoff start. The same thing can happen as last year. Um, but I really, really like that we do not have to go through the Islanders, and we will not have to because they are sure as heck not making the playoffs. Um, we like that, so, which is nice. Oh, we love that. Um, yeah, but I, I, I would love to see him. I would love to see him get at least through the first round, build up some confidence, and then who knows from there. But I, I like it. I like him possibly getting us to the promised land but that's speaking way too far out of context so i don't know all right this one is not pens related but it kind of is i mean if you were if you've ever been a pens fan uh for whatever amount of time uh when mark andre flurry gets moved you got to talk about it so i mean flurry from chicago moving his way now to the wild um what how'd that sit with you it i i like it um the reason why is i know like if if you know hockey, you know that Minnesota like loves the Minnesota Wild. It is like the hockey town. They sell out. They sell out the Minnesota Wilds arena for high school games. Like so, every every night of every night of the year, that place is sold out. Almost seems like it's it's rocking. And the team's not bad this year. They've been in a slump as of late, but they will make playoffs. And I I like them getting out of Chicago because there's. Obviously, all the stuff that went on with the allegations this year with Chicago, and the team's not that good. Now they're talking. I don't know if you guys saw, but I guess uh, Kane is unhappy there because I guess there was an exchange between Alex DeBrinket and, and Patrick Kane, basically that they were jabbing at each other and they're not happy playing on each other's line. That's just what I've seen. Um, it just wasn't a good place for him. He didn't even want to go there in the first place, if you guys remember. Um, so uh, I just, I like, I like the move. I'm happy for him. Um, he's in a place where I think the fans will really, really appreciate it. So I, I love it. Anywhere that Fleur is happy, we're happy. Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. Okay. Non hockey related question. Who do you have winning March Madness? Are you, are you following it all? Um, I, I, I have UCLA. They're my dark horse. Who do you have uh, winning your bracket? So, uh, I did a work bracket and I had Baylor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had man. Baylor. You had him but, to repeat. My God. 
Yeah, so just a horrible decision on my part. But I did a one with my buddies, and I have Texas Tech winning, and I am currently ranked number one uh, okay. in All my right. bracket pool. So I have Texas Tech playing. Uh, I have Texas Tech winning. Obviously, God, let's hope they beat Duke because – I hate Duke, um, and I'm not even like a, I'm not even that big of a basketball guy. Like just like, just it's Duke. Like come on, um, but yeah, Texas Tech, let's ride. I'm all for it. I just need to first place, get a little payday, and call it a day. Well, you picked Baylor, but uh, Tyler, that's not you know you know you're not, you're not a basketball guy. You're a hockey guy, and you're terrific at that. And uh, we <laughs> yeah, really appreciate fine. you coming on the show, man. Absolutely, guys. Keep going. I love love listening to you guys every week, and whenever you guys need some hockey insight you know as know my number oh absolutely you will definitely be on again especially as the pens get uh, into the playoffs here so we appreciate you all right guys have a good one i mean he is something else isn't he yeah um i i, I kind of marvel at people that really can keep up with hockey because it's a lot like baseball how i was talking that's a long season it was uh, that's a long season to be able to keep up with and uh, hockey's so international it's really hard to kind of track prospects throughout right football we see them um, if they if they're literally anywhere in your state, you know them about them out of high school. They go to a college, and then you hear about them there, and then you see them in the pros, like right thereafter. Um, baseball and hockey are a little bit different. There's so many routes to get to both of the major leagues in those sports. Um, there's a bunch of minor leagues: OHL, AHL, Triple A, Double A, and baseball. Right? Um, and so for him to be able to be that well versed in hockey, right? He he played throughout most of his life. Um, it's it's good having a, a hockey savant per se to be able to talk to because I mean, we we like hockey we're not we're not experts in hockey by any means right I know football and baseball way more than I know hockey yeah. um, I, I I mostly know what my eyes tell me right I'm, I'm able able to, able to identify like you know our defense looks slow Jari got toasted uh, in the playoffs last year right things I can see with my eyes I might be able to give a little more thought than the common fan but um, Tyler is more of an expert and so we appreciate him coming on the show no yeah definitely good to have him on um you know we it's weird you talk about that i was thinking about that while he was going is that tracking prospects and like doing an nhl mock draft must be ridiculously hard um oh my do, do you think there's actually <laughs> people that do nhl i mean there is there's yeah, gotta be there's mock drafts in the nhl and people gotta figure it out um the, the weird thing is is like in hockey you'll see like one of the best players and they're like oh yeah he actually went and played in like the russian federation league for like four years and then he skipped over and he's played in slovenia for three years right and then he went to the ahl and you don't really hear about that like you never hear that in the nfl it's okay yeah he went to pinerton from high school he went to and then he went to notre dame and there you know what i mean (laughs) talking about christoph again um you know i get what you mean though right you can kind of track where they're at right i don't know I prefer the, the the route that football players take. Yeah, same. I like being able to see the see the player progress all the way up. It's nice. Personal preference. If you like hockey, no, you know, nothing on you. We're covering you're not, you're not weird. Pens, the, the Pens playoffs though are, are insane. This and show we turns were... into a big because in the playoffs, I watch every second of Penguins hockey. Yeah, every second. Yeah. Now it's kind of like if it's convenient for my schedule, I'll throw it on in the background while I'm doing some homework. Right, I'll look at it a little bit. Um, but it's not really a priority quite yet. Now, getting in the last like week of the season, right, or if it's like a big game, watching every second of the game. Yeah. Loving it. And screaming at the TV, may I add. Right. Uh, right. That is one sport that will get your blood 
uh, boiling. So let's go. We have up down side ray uh, sideways side uh, rays. Yeah, right, side dude. rays. Uh, we've played it before on the show. A uh, very fun game. Let's dive into that now. All right. So the Steelers first team. I'm gonna go up. Uh, I think Mitchell Trubisky at least provides mobility at quarterback. I think he's not going to make too many mistakes. He'll make some safe throws. Uh, they upgraded the offensive line, so they'll hopefully be able to run the football a little bit to give him some support. They're after Honey Badger, which I would love, but either way, you still went out and improved your secondary by getting Levi Wallace. I love the Miles Jack pickup, and I think the, the signing that nobody's paying attention to is Brian Flores. It's not even a player. It's a coach. Is Brian Flores. He's a head coach caliber coach and he's going to be an assistant on the on the Steelers staff that's a huge get especially when you have a young linebacking core and Devin Bush and Miles Jack I love it um Steelers are definitely trending up and they're a better team today than they were at the end of the season last year I would stay let's stay within the division let's go with the Bengals I'm I'm gonna go up on the Bengals I think able to get Lyle Collins um from the Cowboys uh, through free agency He's a really, really solid right tackle. Um, kind of solidify more of that line. Uh, and outside of that, they haven't really had much action. Like the defense isn't losing a ton of pieces like a lot of people thought it might. Um, and I think you can still build a really, really good roster around Joe Burrow right now because he's still on the young quarterback deal. I would say suspect that if he stays healthy throughout this year, he will get paid after this coming season if he plays pretty well, which I think he will, again, if he stays healthy. Um, so I think the Bengals are trending up, not maybe not as much as the Steelers because I don't think they've made as many improvements, but I think right now they're they're a borderline better football team than the Steelers, so we'll go Bengals up. Let's stay within division again. And these, by the way, we're kind of picking teams that have had quite notable off-seasons or that are important to the Pittsburgh area, right? So most of the teams in the division... Um, the, the the Ravens didn't do much. We won't talk about them. And then other teams that have had kind of bigger off seasons. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Cleveland. I'm going to go sideways. Yes, they got more talented on the football field, but I still think they have the same fundamental problem at quarterback, which is immaturity and unwanted off-the-field noise. Right, Baker Mayfield was calling out medical staffs. He's calling out long-tenured reporters from, uh, from Cleveland. He's calling out coaching plans and all that. I'm not into that. And Deshaun Watson has arguably a more sinister side of off-the-field issues. Um, like, what, 20-some civil civil cases still open, lawsuits against him. So I'm not sure Cleveland actually solved what they were hoping to do, which is, quote, from Cleveland, get a grown-up at quarterback. I'm not sure they solved that issue. Um, but like I said, he is more talented on the football field. We'll go sideways for now. Also losing their center or guard, one of their interior offensive linemen, they lose him really solid pro bowl player. I think, um, JC Treader was his name. You also are losing Jarvis Landry. You pick up Amari Cooper, but the, the wide receiving core depth wise is a little bit less. You had to release Austin Hooper. I don't love that move there. So I'd say Cleveland sideways. And oh, what a punch in the gut. Imagine your employer coming out and saying, no, we were looking for a grown up. At and then not only that, they go out and get a guy who has lawsuits out against him. That's got to hurt. That's, That's Cleveland. Gotta hurt for That's Baker. Cleveland is what that is. Um, okay, let's go with the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. They are trending down. First of all, you lose Amari Cooper. You lose Cedric Wilson. That's two of your top four receivers. And so now you have CeeDee Lamb at your one. Michael Gallup at your two. Gallup's coming off a torn ACL, I believe. Not a good spot to be in from a weapons standpoint. This is what happens. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is what happens when you pay great money to 
to a good quarterback like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's a more mobile version of a Kirk Cousins. He's going to make the right throw, not super flashy with the arm, not terribly accurate, but he'll make the right throw. Dak moves a little bit more, so I think he's a little bit better. He's a better athlete than Kirk Cousins. Probably a better leader as well. He's more of an alpha male type of guy. Um, but this is what happens when you pay him a lot of money. You can't surround him. You can't keep Amari Cooper. You have to let go of Randy Gregory. Um, you've now lost probably your most dependable lineman in Lael Collins because, yes, Tyron Smith is better, but he's he's banged up. He's like almost 40 years old, it seems like. He's an older guy on the, le- on the left side, right? So you lose your most dependable offensive lineman. You lose your best pass rusher, arguably, with Randy Gregory. Um, and then you lose your number one receiver. Hard to say that's a good offseason for Dallas. I'll go there trending down. Okay, I don't have them written here, but I'm going to include them because it was not breaking news, but it kind of just dropped today, and I haven't even given it much thought yet. But over the course of the show, I've been kind of slowly thinking in my head. Kansas City, I think they're trending sideways. Now, I know losing Tyreek Hill is really bad, but you do sign Juju. Now, I don't think Juju's a one. But you get the pick from Miami, so you're going to have a chance to get one of the top three to four receivers in a loaded receiver draft class. They also draft really well in late rounds. Look, Devontae Adams is the 53rd overall pick. You don't have to pick high necessarily to go get a star receiver. Um, I don't love the fact that it's going to be a rookie, but you do have veteran targets outside of the rookie, so he's not expected to come in and take over the offense. You still have Kelsey. You'll have uh, Juju. He'll be fine. McCole Hardman's a fine option and will at least be another deep threat. So I would go sideways, right? Losing Hill, not good. Losing Tyron Matthew, not good. If I had to say anything, I'd say slight downward trend, but I'm going to go sideways because it's Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, it's Brett Veach who drafts really, really well. So let's give them to the draft to really say which way they're trending for right now, sideways. And then also in the same trade, Miami, yeah, I'd go Miami's trending up. Right? Anytime you get a star like that, you're trending up. Now, I worry that they have to pay him $30 million, so check with me in a year or two um, if they're still trending up, right? Because Tua probably will have fully flopped by then. It'll be a full-blown bust, right? Nobody will dispute it by then. They'll eventually be on my side of the fence. It's fine. Can't wait for as, it. As they normally are. Right, absolutely. Uh, they were there with Baker, right? And, then, you know, Kirk Cousins, look, he gets paid. I've always been a Kirk Cousins guy. More than most, he gets paid. Everybody hates Carson Wentz. He gets traded to a good, pretty good situation. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I guess they'll tre- they're trending up for now. Okay, a couple more teams. Actually, just one more team here in the NFL. Let's go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the NFL. I'm going to go trending up. You were able to re-sign Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette. You get Tom Brady back out of retirement. Um, you don't lose a ton of pieces. You lose some guys in the offensive line, which could be problematic for Brady, especially because they were mostly interior guys. You're able to keep your center, though, and then both your tackles are intact. Gronk will probably come back to play with Brady. Um, this is a good this is a good offseason for Tampa Bay. They go out and get Russell Gage, who I think is an underrated three to go behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Bucks are trending up. Okay, um, let's flip the switch and let's go with the Buccos of the, as in the the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? The, those kind of Bucks um, in the MLB. I'm gonna give them, I'll give them a sideways. I'll be nice. I will say I don't think any of their free agent signings over you know over the offseason or whatever have hurt them, right? Roberto Perez is fine. They've got a couple good-ish pitchers, right? Some of the prospects are okay, but I think O'Neill Cruz is. Certainly exciting. You have six of the top 100 prospects, which is tied for first in the league. Um, so I guess overall you're trending up, 
up in that regard, but you're so bad that it cancels out the up and will we'll land on sideways. Let's go with the Dodgers. They went out and bought some more talent. So obviously they're trending up. Freddie Freeman's a top four first baseman in the league right now. Mookie Betts is still a top three outfielder. Yes, you lose Corey Seager, but you are loaded with talent. You still have Trey Turner. Gavin Lux will play second. He'll be good. Max Muncy will insert in there nicely. Um, and then you still have Walker Bueller. Kershaw resigns. They still have a really, really good rotation, even without Scherzer. I, I like the Dodgers a lot. Okay, the Rockies. Uh, people think they're probably trending up. I'm going to go down. I think losing Trevor Story hurts, and the fact that they needed to go out and get a good, good pitcher, at, at bare minimum, they needed to go out and get a B-plus pitcher. Like, I think Marcus Stroman is a B-plus pitcher. You had to go out and get, at, at minimum, him. Um, even Robbie Ray, who, yes, he won a Cy Young. I think overall, he's a he's a B-plus, maybe A-minus pitcher. I'm not asking you to go get Scherzer or anything like that. You had They had to go get somebody. They didn't. They went out and got Chris Bryant and then probably overpaid for um, Ryan McMahon, who's been good for them, not great. They probably overpaid for him. And you get Chris Bryant, who, yeah, he's he's fine, but I don't think he fits their needs. I think they're trending down. I'm going to go down for the Rockies. Let's go with the A's. I think the A's are also trending down. They've basically sold the farm. <laughs> Excuse me. Ooh, got a tickle in the throat. <clears throat> you good? <coughs> All right, we're fine. Ooh, A's are trending down. They sold Marte, um, Jay Hay. Third baseman's gone. First baseman's gone. They don't really have anybody of note. They have a decent lefty pitcher, but he's a he's a B tier pitcher. Oh God, this little tickle in the throat, killing me right now. All right, Rangers sideways. <coughs> Sorry, I think they overpaid a little bit for Seager. Good Lord, I almost died for a second. I know. I think you overpaid a little bit for Seager. I um, think they definitely overpaid for Seager. And I, I like the Semyon pickup. I think he's been a top three middle infielder over the last two years. Popped kind of late. I'm not sure he's as consistent as I would like. And they're doubling down again on this whole like home runs thing, right? They had Joey Gallo. Was, they were a big home run team with him. Mazzara, the couple ending years there. Beltre, Andrus hit for some power. They're trying to kind of recreate that, and I'm just not sure they're going to be able to. I do like Seager. I do like Semyon, but in a loaded um, AL, I'm not sure that they're one of those teams. I would say if I had to give them a grade, I, I would go with slightly up, but I know they're going to kind of underachieve, so I'll go sideways. Um, and then finally, one last hockey one. Let's go with the Penguins. I think they're trending up. I think they're trending up big. Jari's 10-0-1 in his last 11 uh, you go get Ricard Raquel, who I think is a great pickup. He's going to play nicely, like like Tyler said. Um, Tyler Brosko was just on. Like he said, he's going to bring a lot of speed to the lineup. Yeah. He's, he moves. He's pretty young, too, so you might be able to, to kind of keep him beyond this. And uh, I think the Penguins are poised to make a really – they're, they're, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. So we'll go with the Penguins trending up. It is nice not seeing the Islanders as a per, like a potential – Matchup uh, in the playoffs, they seem to always. It is nice. It makes me nervous, numbers. though. Um, the whole Rangers thing makes me nervous because uh, I forget his how he says first name. Tyler said it, um, but that Shostarkin, um from the Rangers is having. Like I'm not kidding. If he continues the pace, he'll be in the top three all-time seasons for a goaltender. It's absolutely nuts. Um, so that's somebody that I do not want to see in the first round. 
I mean, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. You, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Right, and, and if you have an option to not see one of the better people or better teams in there, might as well take it. Right. Uh, take the help where you can get it. Right. But, guys, that is it for this episode. That is episode 129, to be exact. Uh, we will be back next week. We will have a ton more to talk about. Uh, we're going to work on getting you guys some good guests. Yeah, guests, plural. There you you go. heard that there right for next week. Uh, so... Thanks for listening. Go check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. Go check out our Twitter at, or no, our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter just at, at the, issue. the issue podcast. Right. Uh, go check it out. Uh, share it with your friends, guys. Thanks for listening. And that was the issue.